Even though the Mishnah Torah is a book of Jewish law and Jewish practice, the Rambam includes in chapter 3 of the first section of the first book what seems to be principles of astronomy and cosmology. What do astronomy and cosmology have to do with Jewish law? Well, he taught us in chapter 2 that a critical part of a person coming to feel love and feel awe for God is knowing and appreciating his place in God's universe. In chapter 4, we're going to see how the Rambam goes through principles of chemistry and physics as they were understood by him in the late 1100s. There's a lot to think about and discuss here in terms of the role of science in Torah study. But since, after all, this is a micro-podcast, a term which, by the way, I made up, but I hope works for you, our job here is merely to take you to the edge of the tip of this iceberg and show you how much is beneath the surface. So here's the question I'd like to pose for you. Should we integrate modern-day scientific knowledge into our frameworks of Torah knowledge? Here's the potential problem. We know that scientific frameworks undergo revolutions periodically. Just as an example, since Aristotle, for the last 2,000 years until the 1960s, it was understood that the universe had no beginning. It was just eternal. It just always existed. That was scientific, considered scientific fact. What's amazing is that even Einstein refused to believe that the universe had a beginning, and he infamously fudged the numbers, and, and, and he, he later admitted it was a great blunder of his because he refused to believe there was a Big Bang. It wasn't until Edwin Hubble demonstrated it in, in, in a variety of ways in the 1960s that, that this idea, which became commonplace, that the universe had a beginning, came to be. Now, that's crazy. Like, if you could say, hey, look, I'm a person of science, and I'm a person of, of the Torah, but the Torah says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that was at odds for two millennia with, with science. When the Rambam produced this work in the, at the end of the 12th century, since then, there was the Copernican revolution of the 14th century that moved the earth from the center of the universe to the periphery, orbiting around the sun. There was the Newtonian revolution of the 17th century which equalized distant galaxies and the molecular structure of human skin cells and everything in between, all governed under the same universal forces and the laws of physics, meaning they could be studied by a trained human being from the comfort of his, of his laboratory with the same elegant mathematical formulas. And just when we thought things were stabilizing and we're figuring things out, we got hit in the 20th century with the relativity revolution that totally warped our conception of space and time as static entities. The quantum revolution came and blurred subjective human observation and objective reality. This list is not exhaustive. It doesn't include the major upheavals in the world of computing, which were in the midst of a crazy revolution of, of artificial intelligence and, and major revolutions in chemistry and biology. So then how can we incorporate our knowledge of science into Torah knowledge if science itself is a moving target that seems to be moving faster the more we know, not slower? This is a big question the Rambam, as one of the major minds in medieval medical science, was thinking about. And it's a huge question for an educated 21st century Jew to think about as well. I'm not going to answer it here in just the few remaining seconds of this micro-podcast episode, but I want to suggest a way of thinking about it, which I feel is quintessentially Jewish.
Being a great scientist means that you work within the best frameworks that we have available at any given time, but you still have some flexibility as to how you interpret the data, knowing with near certainty that the science of tomorrow is going to be different than that of today. In fact, my faith in science and my trust in the scientific process is the very thing that leads me to trust that scientific conclusions will change with time. By the way, by the same token, a good Torah scholar can have complete faith in the Torah as divine, but leave room for flexibility in our oftentimes overly dogmatic and brittle frameworks of understanding, which are not indicative of the Torah's inaccuracy, but rather our inadequacy. Usually, the way it works is that the less we know, the more dogmatic we are. A true scholar with faith in the Torah should trust that the Torah will never be offside's reality, but our understanding of it may need to evolve as we learn more, just like our understanding of nature evolves with time and often in great leaps and even revolutions. Mm -hmm.